A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, wherever you are in the world. Today, I'm joined by a lady from... United Kingdom by the name of Sharon Griffiths, aka The Curious Connector. Sharon, very warm welcome to you. Welcome, Paul. Thank you for the invite. And what we're going to be talking about, rather intriguing title, listeners, is Stop Being a Busy Fool. So, Sharon, what does that conjure up with you, those few words? Stop being a busy fool. Well, I had a dream last night and it conjures up this, the words that were thrown into my head as I captured my dream. As a busy man, you see and hear, but do you feel? So basically, you're just busy doing things to keep busy for a reason, but maybe the reason is not known. So that's kind of what it what it conjures up. But not only that, once you're in that uh thought trajectory you just keep being busier and busier and busier and then you end up in a place where you really didn't want to be but thought you wanted to be so you then go back right to the beginning and you start doing it again Mm. so that's kind of what it conjures up i think there's um when when you look at this listeners i've thought about this quite a lot um actually over the years because as a self-proclaimed label I was personally the epitome of a busy fool. Now, when we look at the six human needs, and the first need is the need for certainty, by me populating my diary from dawn till dusk, gave me that certainty. It gave me another one of my human needs of significance. Oh, look at me. I'm busy from dawn till dusk every day. I'm important. But the reality was I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying the stuff I was doing. I was a slave to the diary. In other words, I was a very, very busy fool. So it brings in something else, Sharon, doesn't it, around why are we busy? Do we need to be busy or are we just doing stuff for the sake of it? Yeah, I mean, for me, I was busy because I was aiming to achieve the goal that I wanted to achieve. And as you know, when I was nine, I wanted to be free. That was what I said uh, to myself. And I've written in the books, uh, speaking from our hearts and mastering the game of life. So I was always living my dream, striving towards it. And I was busy, busy, busy. Uh, But I always got to places where when I actually stopped or something stopped me, invariably something stopped me, like I had an injury or an accident, Uh, or something else happened, somebody else stopped me. I I couldn't be busy anymore. I had to be in this space where I truly didn't want to be. So then I went right back to basics, and it just so happened that the same old McDonald had a farm story played, and I got busy again. But I was busy doing what I liked to do. I always made sure that I enjoyed what I did, so I was always in the flow, so I didn't be doing many times over but it always took me to the same place, which was where I didn't want to be. So I was actually in a paradox, being busier to be busy to get where I thought I wanted to be, 
But when I got there, I wasn't happy. There was something missing. But for me, whatever I did, it was always meaningful and fulfilling in a purposeful way, in my own little way. But that's where it took me to where I didn't want to be. And maybe perhaps because I focused in my mind, I don't want to be trapped in a situation. What I've got to do is be busy to apply the principle of deferred gratification so that I can get where I wanted to be. So it was all about being busier in the aim of striving for what I wanted, doing what I love to do. But then things happened where I couldn't be busy. So I was working out how to be busy again. That mm. was my experience in hindsight. Mm. Yeah. I feel, you know, the simplicity, listeners, of, of, you know, why the big question, why are we busy? You know, is it making us, what need is it meeting? Because ultimately it'll come to the six human needs. We will meet those needs. And, you know, at the risk of repeating my own were met, that need for significance, certainty. I can control my diary. I can make an appointment from, and I'll use the term again, from dawn till dusk. And I think we do that. But the, the challenge we have with that then is we get we can get quite resentful. I certainly did. Oh dear. You know, then you get a bit snappy in a meeting because somebody said, oh, you know, you're two minutes late or whatever. And you think, well, hang on, I'm here for your benefit. I've driven, you know, in my time, my petrol for your benefit. Well, then you do, as I say, you, you're resentful. And it's about, I suppose, and I use this term loosely, listeners, taking that control back and saying, is this busyness serving me, not me serving it? Because if we serve it, it's not a good place to be from my experience. So I think that busyness, Sharon, has to serve us, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to serve us. But I mean, I, all we're talking about now, I didn't know about in those days. Uh, it's only recently that uh, I've been through you, actually, you mentioned the introduction of the six needs as uh, introduced into my life by Tony Robbins. Uh, and, and it is about serving you because my goal right at the beginning was to be free as I wanted to be, as a little kid of nine could want to be free. Obviously, that desire to be free stays there. I hold on to that, but I can't let go of what I want to do to get where I want to get go, if that makes sense. So it's like Tatelwag's dog. And by enabling myself to drive myself and work towards what I want, it goes back to that dream. As a busy man or busy lady or busy kid in my source, I see and hear, but I don't feel. So the certainty for me was if I carried on doing what I did, I didn't have to feel anything. It takes time feeling things and it can be quite painful. So I could do things to distract from perhaps what was causing me to feel pain, which in hindsight, after an experience over the last few years, I realised that perhaps by being busy, it took me away from what was truly important to me so all the time I was doing the things I had the certainty doing the things that I wanted to do and I was enjoying them and I was working hard towards them to achieve the goals by knowing what I wanted to do it gave me the the variety 
it gave me lots of variety because I was doing it my way within the systems that I learned. And I always knew that when I started something, I had to go back to basics to learn the rules of the game, to learn the systems. And then when I was comfortable with those, I could then apply my own. I had a choice to apply my own creativity, which is what I did. By doing what I did, by learning, I was significant to me. And then I could be creative and connect with other people and serve them. I could be significant. Uh, and that's how it went. With whatever I did, those four needs were definitely met. But it was a case of the stronger needs at the time that drove me. And now I know that this all goes back to childhood when, for me, when something happened that took away the one thing that I enjoyed, which was my freedom. So you are correct there, Paul, for me. Mm. There's a first, listeners. Paul's correct. <laughs> There's a first. I'll take that accolade, Sharon. Thank you. I'll take that. Um, okay, so listen, you, you mentioned, let's fly off at a bit of a tangent here. And um, let's talk about, you mentioned a matter of a, some books there, Sharon, Mastering the Game of Life and Speaking from Our Hearts. You also, 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 <laughs> also mentioned back to basics tell us about speaking from our hearts volume four back to basics and that experience Sharon of writing because I have I often get asked by people I wonder what it's like to write well why don't you pick up a pen and try it you know you, you never know because there's this something isn't there around the stories we tell ourselves so if we tell ourselves that we are a busy fool then it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We will be a busy fool. Whereas if we tell ourselves that, you know, we're going to be somebody that's very efficient and, you know, creative and curious in our way. So tell us about this writing experience, Sharon, for you. How has that, that played out in your world? When I was a kid uh, in junior school, and then it got worse in secondary school. The teachers always said, Sharon, finish the story. If you finish the story, your story is so good. And if you finish the story, uh, you'll get a higher grade and we can mark it better. So me being a reluctant kid, I thought, and a, you know, I was a stubborn kid. And to some extent what had happened with me, I was a bit angry as well. I thought, why are these adults telling me just to finish a story just to make them happy. It doesn't make me happy. And there are other things that thought through my head. So each time somebody said to me, finish the story, I just said, no, I want to do it my way. So if you can imagine, I don't know if you've been there being this child who's being told by adults what to do, because in your mind, it is felt that you're doing it for them, not for you. Because I didn't like stories ending because they meant something to me that no one ever knew about. So I always wrote those. So when I was in very challenging situations or I had no one to talk to or didn't want to talk to anyone because I had too much pride, I'd write, I wrote poetry and I wrote stories. But I like finishing the poems, but the stories, I like leaving them open because it meant that I could be creative and add more to it. So I use poetry a lot because poetry was brilliant because 
in order to write poetry, whatever it was, uh, I had to finish the line and then I could finish the poem. And it was, the word is cathartic, to get my thoughts, the intangible words out and my feelings were associated with that, get them out in paper. It was a cathartic experience. And I used to then think, oh, I've done it now. I used to rip them all up and screw them up. And I took great pleasure in ripping up and screwing up and throwing away uh, these words I created because I could do it. So, and when my mum died in 208, the, uh, the poems became quite prolific for different reasons, if you can imagine if you've lost a parent or a loved one. Uh, and so it was catharticism that, and it helped me with the healing process, but it didn't kind of go anywhere. It was like lots of words in lots of books. I've got hundreds of poems that I've, print, I've written. Uh, but then the, I said yes to an opportunity of uh, being a co-author in a book uh, on LinkedIn, actually. And then I thought, oh, shit, what I've done, excuse my French. But then it got passed to you. So you offered me the opportunity of, of telling my story. But the problem was, because I'd done so much in my life with uh, living my dreams many times over, it was about, well, what, what story do I tell? I don't know what to tell. And how do I tell it? So that's where you guided me to come up with stories and align to golden nuggets and messages to share with people, to help people. So by becoming a published author, it didn't just help me in terms of getting clarity. It enabled me to focus on something that was bigger than me. And that was about sharing experiences and words of wisdom to help other people. So it, you know, I killed two birds with one stone. Killed, no, yeah, I killed two birds with one stone there. So to write and get it out there in the world globally enables me to just share my experiences to help other people. And I've got a lot of them over many decades, but it, it's a pleasure. I'm in the flow when mm. I do that. So and that's. Well, Sorry, what I mean you say there then, Sharon, is the, you know, the cathartic experience of writing. You're not a busy fool because you're actually engaged in something that's really self-serving on so many levels. Yeah, on many, many levels, because on a simple level, I'm just writing a story. And it's easy to do that. Just stick your words on paper or, it, you know, with practice, it does just stick your words on paper. It's quite safe. It's quite certain. I could be creative and no one knows about it. And mm. it's me and my secret. And that's fine, me and my secret. I love secrets, I've got a lot of them. But <laughs> when, when you're working with somebody else, you've got a responsibility towards somebody else and yourself because you've got to be the best at what you can be. And that brings in another experience, am I good enough? Uh, and that, you know, that brings in the imposter syndrome. So you think you're not good enough and then, all these little words come in your head as thoughts. Thoughts are very powerful. They can take you down many rabbit holes, many deep ones. So once you kind of get over that, you don't think, right, the ultimate aim is a published book. Well, that's fine. Okay. But then what happens is you think there's a deadline. <laughs> 
So it comes to another thing because uh, I quite like procrastinating. It gives me pleasure because it means I keep it to myself and I don't have to share it. But I know this deadline means that I have a responsibility to myself, what I've invested in and what somebody else has invested in me. So the, the urgency skews, the urgency of serving others skews even more. So I have to become more focused. And even when I've finished it, I think that's all right. Am I sure? Does it meet the needs of what is required? That the key thing is that point when the adrenaline rises and I press send on my computer. I send off that email. So then I've got the answer. I've got the certainty of knowing I've done it. Thank God. That's relief. I can move on with my life and doing other things, see what happens. But I've got the uncertainty of knowing how you as the creator of the book and working with other people is going to respond and i don't know how what the feedback's going to be but hey ho it's feedback the feedback is the breakfast of the gods so sometimes with the books the the, the stories in the books it's come back with yeah that's fine sharon done it but other times it's a case of i need to re redo it and refocus on different things so you hone, that's where the uh, devil's in the detail, because you're honing what's already good into something even better that will serve people. So it works on many, many levels. Very simply, I'm writing a story, but more, with more complexity is meeting the deadlines, having the responsibility, knowing that what the end goal is and aiming for that. So that's, for me, how the many levels work. And then when it's out there, I've not got a clue how it goes. But I do know, speaking from my heart, that what I've done is the best I can do at the time with the overall goal of serving others and helping other people mm. through my experiences and my stories. Okay. So um, I want to ask you one big question, Sharon, towards the, uh, as we come towards an end now. But before I do that, I just want to invite you in to share your contact details where, where listeners can reach out and find out more about you and uh, get in touch with you. So uh, what's the best way? Do you have a website, for example? Yeah, I've got a website. Uh, it's aligned to my name. My name is Sharon Griffiths. My website is called www.sharongriffiths.com. There are only two dots in the website, which is after www. and before com. Uh, that's my website. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn as well. Superb. Thank you for sharing, Sharon. And so the big question. So what would you say, Sharon, to somebody very sort of, you know, it's this elevated technique, as I call it. You know, we've met in a, in a hotel reception. We've both got in the lift. We're going up to the next floor. 30 seconds. By the time we get up to the next floor, you know, I'll go left out the, out the lift. You'll go right. We'll probably never see each other again. But in that 30 seconds, Sharon, I ask you this question. It's this. Sharon, I was having a fascinating conversation with somebody the other day that was on about being a busy fool. What advice can you give to people to stop being a busy fool? 
there's many bits of advice, but what I've learned from my experience is this. If you can create a space in time where you can just be, that gives you more space to decide what's really important to you. So when you move forward out of this space that you have created that is yours, you can do what is the best for you. And by doing what is the best for you, that means that you can serve not just yourself more and others more, and you will also be in the flow with where you want to go. And to be in the flow with you, what you enjoy doing, and also putting more joy in your life, it enables you to do more of what you want to do, what is important to you, and put even more joy in your life and help more people if that is what you want to do. And that's where the left listeners goes bing, because we've arrived at the next floor. And all that remains now is for me to say, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>